You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say Made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up here! Get him! Get him! Yeah! Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend in the clinic? 
as much as I can, to be honest with you. Anytime that I get, I'm, I'm out there. Join us for every heart-pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else. I'm going to hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> This podcast was recorded live at the Grand American. I sit down with an old friend, David McKee. You're going to hear all of the things that David McKee is involved in, and it will really blow your mind. I don't know how he has time to uh, do much of anything else, to tell you the truth. But David has been the president of uh, the Grand American for several years. He's been the president of the South Carolina State Coon Hunters Association. And we talk about all of the things that go on behind the scenes and give people an in-depth look at what it really takes to put on major events and also how to run an effective organization. And David is an extremely humble guy. And I know from working with him and being around him in the past, he always gives credit to his team. And that's just a sign of good leadership. I think you're really going to enjoy this in-depth look at a busy man and David McKee. Before we get there, I've got to tell you guys, you got to be paying attention to what's going on around you legislatively. We've been running a lot of stuff on our social media platforms and the attacks from the animal extremists are in full court press. You need to be paying attention to that and get involved. Call your legislature, uh, your legislators now and ask them where they stand on these issues. Pay attention to your local county council meetings. Make sure they're in a, a breeding, dog breeding ordinance or a uh, tethering ordinance disguised as an animal welfare bill. Uh, you got to know what to ask for. And if you have any questions, hit us up on social media. Send me a message on either Instagram or Facebook. I'll be more than happy to help you any way I can. Also, join us on Patreon. We are lining up a lot of new sponsors on Patreon for 2022. You can find out how to do that for as little as $1 a week on our website at houndsmanxp.com. Click the support tab. It'll take you into Patreon. You're going to have access to tailgate talks and a lot of bonus material, plus discount codes on the gear that you need. Patreon is where it's at. We do monthly drawings. We do a semi-annual drawing, and we do an annual drawing. So join us on Patreon. We really appreciate your support. And as always, thank you for spending your time with Houndsman XP. Let's get the tailgate down. It's time to dump the box. David McKee. Uh... I guess the first time I went coon hunting, I was probably about six years old. So it's been a, about 55, 56 years. Okay, I got it. And Roger, you want to state your name and same thing? Uh, Roger Enlow, uh I've probably been coon hunting since I was about 10 or 12 years old. So that's been about... Well, you don't 20. have to age yourself if you don't want to. <laughs> 40, 42 years ago. I was going to say 20. Yeah, no, I'd look worse than that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are sitting at the Grand American, and I've got uh, David McKee and Roger Enlow here. And, uh, uh, man, this interview is like trying to schedule an interview with Donald Trump or something. <laughs> You're so busy. Are you on the board too, Roger? Yes, I'm the vice president. Okay. 
Uh, of which of the Grand American? The Grand American, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the difference, you know, how this actual hunt is an organization and has officers and stuff. And uh, But, David, you're a, you're a guy that uh, I've known for a number of years, met you when you worked for AKC, mm-hmm. and and uh, you're just a well-known, well-known guy in the coon hunting world. And, and one of the things that I think probably sets you apart, and I'm going to flatter you here a little bit, is – the thing that I can always count on is opening up my Yahoo mail account there and finding, uh, you know, devotionals. Do you do those daily? Chris? I try to do them daily, yeah. And send those out. Yeah, I do. And uh, I've talked to you about that in the past. It just seems like sometimes those things are so timely. You know, it just proves that, that uh, you know, there's divine intervention in our lives and, and guidance and and things like that, and I've always appreciated that out of you. But I think that's one of the things that people really appreciate about you is, you know, that level that you, uh, that personability and and the level of care that you give things. So I just want to take an opportunity to publicly thank you for that. I appreciate that. I mean, uh, I I think if if you don't have a faith in the Lord, um, you're missing out on a lot of blessings. And uh, if, if I just get a little bit of chance to share it with other people, I want to. Right. Right. Well, tell me how long you've been uh, been the president of the. Let's let's define the the different hats that you wear. <laughs> I don't. Can we do that in in, in the limited amount of time you've yeah, got? That's no problem. Um, I, I've been involved with the Grand American on the administrative side since '92. Uh, I started out um, helping uh, as a master hounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, judged the bench show several several times over the years but um probably in 99 or so i got elected to the board of directors and on there uh, probably maybe six years and uh, then got elected uh, chairman of the board Mm -hmm. and uh this is my 14th year, I believe, as president. 14 years as a president. Yeah. Roger, how long you been involved? Just probably around 2000, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, started off coming down here with the club, running the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Very glad that we don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's the truth. Uh, then I got... I'm going to adjust something here for you real quick, Roger. Let's do it. Like There you go. After the kitchen, I got in on the uh, helping Laird Thompson with the uh, vendors and wound up taking over the vendors when, when he gave it up. I done that for probably eight years. And then I got on the board and was still over the vendors. And now in the past, well, just this year, I was elected vice president. So we'll see where that leads. Yeah, yeah. Who talked you into doing that? Exactly. You know why? The, the gentleman's sitting here beside me. You know why? Uh, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna train you for a couple of years, and it's well, gonna be adios. I, I've traveled with this fella from Georgia to Indiana and everywhere in between there. So. That's where I met you the first time. We were trying to recall that, but it was at the what was it the AKC World Hunt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You rode up there, yeah. and as yeah. soon as you walked up, I remembered remembered meeting you up there uh roger and and uh so how long has the grand american 
been going? This is our 57th year. 57 years yeah. this hunt's been here. Yeah, it's been in the same location. Mm-hmm. And, and what, why was it... Tell, give us some background on okay, on the Grand America. As much as I can remember, uh, it originally started, uh, there was hunters from South Carolina, North Carolina, and Georgia wanted to come together in a central location and start promoting the sport. Mm-hmm. So they, they decided on Orangeburg for really kind of in the middle of all three of, of the organizations that were coming together to do it. And, you know, prime hunting, good location, uh, plenty of support with local clubs and, and stuff. Uh, the first year, I, I think they drew like um, 100 dogs or so, and uh, it's just grown over the years. Originally, I think it was ACHA, uh, then at one time... It was UKC one night and, and uh, ACHA the I other night. I remember they did that. Uh, and then um, there was kind of a, a little bit of, a, I, I guess, power struggle or whatever you want. One one kennel club said they weren't going to do it if the other one did it and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it wound up going uh, ACHA for, for a number of years. And then um, when AKC bought ACHA, and then it went to AKC, and oh, maybe 14, no, it's been longer than that, probably 16, 18 years ago or so, we went back to UKC, and it's been with UKC ever mm-hmm. since, but, you know, the hunt is kind of unique, the way we run it, there's uh, 19 member clubs that put the event on, and... 19 different clubs mm-hmm. all come together to yeah. put this one event on. That yeah. is different yeah. because usually a major event like this has one main, um, you know, sponsor club. And yeah. then they might pick up some satellite clubs and stuff, but not that extensive. No, it's, it is very unique the way it, way it is. And uh, all the, the profits and everything is divided and goes back to those clubs mm-hmm. uh, based on the number of help that, that you supply. So uh, that's interesting too. It's not just I send one guy up there and get the same amount as the the club over here that's got thirty members there working. Uh, We take like the ones of us that are working the grounds. You know, our club gets a share per person per day. Mm. Guides, you know, you get a share per guide Mm -hmm. per night, and and all of that uh, is totaled up at end. And we may have a total of two hundred shares right and then we take whatever money is and we divide it yeah um, between those clubs so it it really benefits the clubs because as we all know our sport on the local level is really struggling right um yeah we'll talk about that in a minute i want i, want, I do want to dive into that topic with you a little bit because it seems like our bigger events are thriving and our smaller yeah. events are struggling they but are. um so the Grand American is kind of coined and, and um, you know, labeled as the kickoff mm-hmm. for the competition coon hunting year. Yeah. And has it always been that way? Yeah, I think so. Has it always been this time of year? Yeah, it's always been. It's the first full weekend in January. Mm-hmm. Um, if the first falls on Saturday or, or Friday and we move it back to the, to the next weekend because of deer season. Okay. Uh, because a lot of our guides – hunt these plantations and stuff down here 
after deer season. Right. So it's always the first full weekends. Mm-hmm. That's why about every six years it'll fall. It'll be the second weekend, and it kind of confuses people, but it's because the first fell on Friday and deer season's still open. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, from here, after the Grand American, this is – we're not looking beyond it. We want to talk about the Grand American, but, I mean – you got Winter Classic. You got Southeastern Dream Walking Day. You know the the schedule just starts mm. rolling from here on out for the competition year. And and uh, is this a Purina points hunt? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and kind of we've got listeners from all over the world that are listening. Okay. So describe what that that means. Okay. This this is actually um, the first year since they went back to you know when when Purina. And uh, UKC decided not to do the races and mm-hmm. all of that. A uh, year before last, Perina uh, approached us uh, about doing something uh, and starting it here. Mm-hmm. So last January was the first event of Perina's race last year. And then on Thursday night, we do an appreciation banquet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invite our sponsors, uh, the county council members, city council members, chamber of commerce, and then all of us from from the board, uh, UKC. This past Thursday, we uh, recognized the overall Prina show race winner and the hunt race winner at our banquet on Thursday night. Nice. Yeah. And, so uh, the 2021 was recognized mm-hmm, right yeah. off the bat yeah. at the Grand American. Yeah. And the Purina, the Purina Points races, for those that don't know, is a series of, uh, I would say, the more prestigious hunts mm, right. in United Kennel Club, the big hunts. And that tally, handlers can accumulate points for themselves and their right. dogs throughout the year at these bigger events. And then at the end of the year, they tally up the points. It's a lot like the, you know, the, the uh, NASCAR, yeah, you know, NASCAR is. points it's, accumulation. Yeah, and they also told us that they're adding, I think, twenty state races this coming year as well. So, to make it more competitive, and uh, there's a lot of opportunity yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean, first place in the hunt was ten thousand yep. uh, dollars. Show was five thousand, uh, and, and you know, Prina gave us uh, money last year to give to our first place winner in the hunt and to our show winner, and, and they did that at each one of the events. Uh, that was selected. Uh, I think they're doing a, something a little different. Uh, I haven't sat down and actually, uh, we haven't. Are we going to talk with Dave this weekend or something? Uh, you were supposed and to. And try to talk with him and, and see what their plans for. Because it's a hectic weekend for us. You it know, is. And uh, as you know, when you contacted me a week ago, and I told you there's no promises, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would try my best to do this because. Uh, I, I really value your friendship and, and what you're doing through these podcasts and stuff. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a podcast person. Uh, uh, the downloads we're hitting, I guarantee you, people that you know are listening. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, you know, I've had uh, several people uh, ask me about doing them and stuff, or do I listen to them? I'm like, it, it's not that I don't care or anything. Uh, it's just. Uh, between uh, my farm yeah. and work, 
Well, and, you know, I, 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 sometimes and if I get an hour when I sit down, <laughs> it's it's more important to get the story out there. To and we're hitting around, we're hitting several thousand downloads a week, and uh, going out all over the world, and that's great, and uh, things like that. But this kind of story, I like going and finding. We've got to talk about the backstory behind these events. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of times the the winners will be posted in the magazine. But where? How does it all happen? How does it all come together? Those are the things I like to talk about. Yeah, I've I've had um this. Uh, I, I'm not going to use the young man's name, but for several years he would always come up. You know, you you need to do this. You you, you need to do this this way. And I finally told him. I said. When you become involved and you start helping me, there you go. Uh, then I'll start listening to your suggestion. I said you got some good points. I said, but when you get involved, then we'll talk. And the next year he got involved, and uh, maybe last year or something, we were somewhere and we were sitting there talking, and he said, uh, "Mr. David, I want to tell you something." He said, you remember a few years ago when I was complaining and going on and, and what you <laughs> told me? And I said, yeah. He said, I didn't realize how much work went on to putting on this event until I got involved. Yeah. I said, most people don't. We sat down last night, uh, Roger, uh, our chairman of our uh, board of directors, Jay, and a few of the board members, we sat down last night for an hour or so, started bullet points for next year you're already planning for next year and this event isn't over no let's let's talk about this event real quick i want to give people an idea of how big this event is how many how many dogs are you hunting we hunted 285 last night Mm -hmm. we had 141 in the show Mm -hmm. Uh, and we'll hunt somewhere close to that tonight um ours is a little unique because we take our double cast winners to go back out for the championship Mm -hmm. uh for years, it was based on high score. And, uh, <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, and uh, we had. Uh, I expect a busy man's yeah, phone to ring. Yeah, yeah. We had um, we had you know always some problems if you would put it that way, or there was always questionable scores and stuff when you're doing high you know high uh-huh. scores, and, and we policed that very hard. Um, People don't know how many scores that we actually threw out that uh, you know, mathematically were impossible. Right. But you know, there's always that question. So well, You've been in this business a long time, long David, time. as far as yeah. you know, being a master of hounds yeah. and you were a field rep for AKC mm-hmm. when their coonhound program was uh, going. Are you still with AKC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're some. still involved yeah. there. And um, so y- y- you know when there's <laughs> – well, you know when there's a turd in the punch bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, it's not hard a lot of times. Even when you uh, – last year we had a guy come in, pretty decent score. I, I, I know him. Uh, and when he don't look me in the face when I talk to you, uh, it's, as you as an extra law enforcement officer, that, that's a clue. Yeah. You know? So yeah. you want to look a little deeper at, at situations right. like that. We found that the, the scorecard was false. Yeah. But, you know. When we went to doing the double cast wins, uh, it really changed uh, the outlook of the hunters and stuff on what we were trying to do. 
And the only drawback to it is a lot of our hunters that didn't win their cast last night, a lot of times won't hunt tonight. Right, right. So then that throws our numbers down. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we were talking about last night was what can we do to incentivize the guys to hunt on Saturday night if they didn't win their cast on Friday. Uh, if you're not moving forward, then you're. It, yeah. there's no standing still in, in this business. You can't. You've either got to move forward and make improvements or, yeah. or watch it go away. So, yeah. And I think um, Roger and and Jay and Harry and uh, all the guys, I mean, I, I got a great staff. Uh, I, I'm proud of every one of them. Um, it doesn't matter what needs to be done. Uh, you know, we all got these radios on and, one of us can call and say, I need such and such, and there'll be three people say, I'm on the way. So yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's always a pleasure. It's a long weekend, and I usually, on Monday, I'm beat. <laughs> <laughs> I would but, imagine. Uh, uh, I look forward to it every year. Well, Roger, what's your uh, – uh, you've been involved here since 2000. That's that's a couple of years. About 22. My math isn't the best, but – That's okay. People need to realize how busy you guys are. Uh, how have you seen? What changes have you seen here that have have impacted the impacted the whole? There's been a lot of changes over the years. I mean, <clears throat> like David was saying, we've made changes with the hunt. Uh, past two years have been kind of difficult with the vendors because of the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, the vendors were down cause of COVID a lot of them had it and then this year it's more of a supply chain issues that we got going on the people you can't not... find a TT15 here right it's a lot of stuff you can't find that's right we got about half the vendors we normally have and a lot of people think Grand American going down but they don't take in you know what all's going on in the world mm-hmm. so, uh, all that plays a part right. it's not that we're not trying it's just you know you well, you don't have the product to make make something. It's it's hard no matter what business you're in. I mean, whether it's construction or it's, you know, you can, they can't build a pickup truck. And, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those deals that, that has been uh, plugging every facet of business and industry. All right, David's going to have to step out because he's got to do president stuff. So, Roger, you're carrying the ball, buddy. <laughs> Um, but as far as, um, are your numbers up? Are they down as far as hunt entries, things like that? People as in far as the hunt's concerned, they're staying about the same. I mean, they're fluctuating about 30, 40 dogs, you know, a year different. Uh, basically, all the issues we've been having is with the vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the hunt itself, it's still, as far as number-wise, it's still the same. Yeah. So, so what uh, is it about? this event that keeps you involved you know from the outside looking in it'd be easy for somebody to sit back and say man those guys are running their butts off they're already planning for next year there's a lot of work involved why would anybody want to do that what keeps you involved well to be honest with you i haven't coon hunted in about the last six years i don't even have a dog anymore uh-huh uh, that's because i've had a bunch of health issues uh my wife don't want me out by myself but uh I've always enjoyed coon hunting since I was a child, and I'll probably be involved with this for many more years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I just enjoy it. And more than anything, I like to see the young people get in it. This is a dying sport, always has been. Uh, but yeah, as long as we can keep the younger generation interested, I'm all for it, and I'll be here to help. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog tree dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top-of-the-industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. Where do you think where do you think coon hunting would be without competition coon hunting today? There'd probably be only a handful of people. I agree. Hunting. I agree. I mean, um, you know, it's easy to sit back and throw darts at, at competition hunting uh, and find faults with it and talk about all the problems with it and perceptions about cheating and stuff. But, man, I can tell you, I think if it were not for competition coon hunting and the people that attend these events and breeding these dogs, it would, for one, it'd be really hard to find a good hound a good prospect to hunt but uh and we wouldn't have nearly the people involved no yeah when i was a kid it was the older fellas that got everybody you know involved in it and whatnot and i mean they're still there but the uh they're dwindling down so i mean the young people's got to have something that teaches them you know and that's one of the things that david started to talk about involvement and uh, uh clubs and and things like that the the bigger events seem to be really thriving. I mean, you're seeing we're seeing unprecedented payouts in some of these money hunts these days with a hundred thousand dollars, and and nobody ever dreamed that. I mean, or Josh interviewed um, Shane Patton a couple of weeks ago, and he asked Roger Shane had asked Roger Dale if he ever thought he would he'd be writing a check for a hundred thousand dollars. Nobody ever thought that, and we're at that level now. I mean, this is starting to get to be big business but but you get on that side of it but then you look at the local club and we're going to shift gears a little bit to the south carolina coon hunters are you still a president of that yeah. too david yeah what are you seeing at the local level the, the, the local clubs are, are, are struggling uh because you know there's getting members is one thing getting active members that is is very difficult uh, a lot of the hunters just seem like they just want to show up and hunt. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's probably been a trend for the last 15 years or so. It has. And, I've noticed and, that, uh, too. I, we, we've got two clubs I know right now that are at the point that they're just they're going to quit uh, because all their members are, are my age or older. And uh, they can't get any any young people involved and stuff, and and uh, you know they're just saying that they're just going to quit, you know, doing any events. You can you can literally go to a hunt three hundred nights a year. Yeah, 
It's unbelievable. If you take off the Sunday nights and the holidays, it comes out to around 300 opportunities mm-hmm. a year to hunt yeah. in somewhere or something. Yeah. Have we got too many hunts? I think we do. I really, I think we do. When when I was in my 20s, you know, 30s, and, and was competition hunting a lot, um, you know, we, we got the magazine out, and we were like, okay, next weekend we're going to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, right. All right, two weekends from now, we're going to Georgia. Right. And the, and the local ones around, you know, there was nowhere near as many local clubs in the States. But when you went to one, you know, there's 40, 50 dogs there. You got it. You know, <laughs> and, yeah. and it may be the same core group of guys, but it was 40 or 50 people at the hunt. Right, you know? right. And, and when you were talking about uh, the, the $100,000 and stuff that's paid out, that's past Monday at our, our local club meeting um one of the guys said well you know what's the pkc gonna do now with the world hunt are they gonna because now they're paying out more money <laughs> than they set the world hunt and i said you guys are missing the picture i said it takes you a week of constant uh cast winning to get to the world mm-hmm. i said you're hunting for a title Right. I said, that money will be gone, son, in a year. That title don't never go away. It stays with you. I said, that's where y'all are missing the point. Mm-hmm. I said, the money is great. It is. I said, but when you win a world championship, I said, that's a great accomplishment. Yeah. That, that's why it's difficult to get there. You don't go out and win two casts and win the world. Right, right. And I, but do you think that's contributing to the lack of, of – <laughs> support at the local level yes, he's got I, I really do looking looking at myself personally you know when i was competition hunting um being involved in that local club is it's it puts a demand on your time so you're sitting here and you're looking at your schedule and you've got a ukc hunt coming up at your club on friday and you really know you should be there but 60 60 miles up the road They've got an added purse PKC hunt, and you're running for a truck ticket. Yeah. So, you know, what do you do? Yeah. You, you, the members are are forced to choose, and it's the other hunters that you got to try to appeal to mm-hmm. to make your club, you know, functional. Uh, yeah, I and mean, like you said, they can just go wherever. And, and that's one good, uh, I say good thing that PKC has done with, you know, with the trucks and such as that, but they have tied this group of guys up that they're focusing on these things. And, you know, if, if I know guys that, you know, yeah, my club's got a hunt tonight, but like I said, I'm, I'm going up there cause I'm running for that truck or whatever. Right. Right. And Especially if they old school guys, you know, I'm going to be where I should be. I'm gonna be supporting my club. Yeah, um, it's it, it's especially hard when a lot of these handlers are hunting for somebody. So yeah, I mean, it's their yeah, job. Yeah, people it, make a living. Paid to do it. And, and if and they don't those, go, they don't have a job. Right. right. And, and those I understand more yeah. so. It's um, it's just the kind of like in our club, Roger and I can tell you, we've got some of the guys in the club. If we have a a, a particular hunt. One registry, you know, they don't hunt. Mm-hmm. The other one, they'll hunt. Yeah. 
It's still tri- there's still tribalism within it all. <laughs> and I there get is, it. there yeah. is, and and I try to stress the point to them: you're not supporting that registry, you're supporting that club. Right. All these big events, if the clubs at the local level go away, these big events are going away. Who's going to put them on? So, so what's what's the answer? You've had to have you guys have had to have had some conversations oh, about we, how to. <laughs> We've has no telling how many hours. Uh, myself, Roger, uh, Laird Thompson. Laird is the vice president of our state association, and we're all very good friends, and we hunt and spend time together. But there's no telling how many hours we've tried to work that solution. Uh, what are some ideas? What do you think, Roger? What do you think? <laughs> it's, just, it's like you uh, said. We got a bunch of stuff we're running through, but I don't know anything off the top of my head that's going to correct it. No, right. I, I wish there was a magic answer. But to Do we me, have to the change one, the, the one thing I, I think the one thing you you hit on a while ago was there's too many events. Mm-hmm. It's just too many. We we have tried through our state association to cut back on the, on the events to get the clubs to hold less events. And, and yeah, if you hold ten events in a year, and you draw fifteen twenty dogs at those events, or you hold twenty and you draw two dogs, which one's benefiting you better? But the, the light, light bill, light bill still comes in. The heat bill still comes in. Taxes, it, all of it still comes in. Yeah, all of that. They, they, you know. It's the but they're not involved with the with that club aspect, so these guys just don't they don't understand that right. part of it. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I wish there was some some answer because I mean it's the reality is it's not getting any better. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about South Carolina, and I I think it's important to I like talking about this part of it because we talk a lot about joining state organizations and supporting and and i think it's important that hunters understand uh what it takes to keep our lifestyle and our sport alive and nobody really understands the amount of work and why uh your state organizations need you as a as a member absolutely so so kind of run down what south carolina coon is it south carolina coon hunters association state coon hunters association yep yep we, you know, I, I think we have a, a good organization. I think we have some good programs in place. Uh, we have a legal defense fund uh, that is for our members. Uh, if you're coon hunting, you have a hound get shot, uh, and the hound is where it should be, you know, as far as it's not molesting stock, livestock, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Right. But if it's hunting... You know, and, and it gets shot, uh, we pay for the lawyer yep. to, to prosecute that person. And we've been successful several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did a three-part series on, called Don't Shoot My Dog Yeah. Uh, on this podcast and, and talked to a victim, talked to an investigator, and talked to a prosecutor. And how the Hoosier Tree Dog was involved on all three levels of that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, over the years but that's good news another resource yeah you know when when y'all started the the, the who's a tree dog alliance you know, you know jerry approached me with with a 
how we ran our program and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when we started it, every member put ten dollars a year into it. Right. Until we got up to ten thousand uh, dollars. Now we keep that money there. If um, Roger's dog gets shot, uh, he goes gets lawyer of his choice. So we have several that are, you know, pro hound mm -hmm. uh, that we recommend, but he goes gets lawyer, takes it to court. If he wins the case, once he recovers the money, what he paid the lawyer goes back into the fund. If doesn't get anything, then the members, we put the money back into it to get it built back up. Right, um, right. What you, you've uh, got to do things like that. Absolutely. you got to take care of your membership. And, and um, uh, on f what other things does South Carolina – what else are you guys doing <laughs> we, to take care of We have one. Uh, it's, it's a statewide barring system. Uh, a statewide what? Barring. Barring? System. Yes. Uh, we just used it two months ago. If you have an individual at your club that's causing problems – Mm -hmm. And your club tells him, uh, we're not going to allow you to participate for six months, a year, whatever. Right. That club notifies our state secretary. Our state secretary sends out a letter to each one of our member clubs stating what happened, why, and, and what they do, you know, they're going to do for six months. Our clubs have the option. They can say, okay, we're going to support you. This individual is not coming to our club for six months mm -hmm. either. Uh, and when you get 25, 30 clubs, you know, do that, uh, it has a huge impact. And, and uh, we've actually had people have went back and apologized to the club and said, look, you know, I'm, you know, I can't hunt nowhere in South Carolina right now, you know. Because we don't do just one registry; it's, it's a club wide. The so, clubs take yeah, responsibility. The clubs for it. take responsibility. And I like the concept on that, but how do you police it? I mean, what what keeps uh, you know a guy that walks into a club that's not his and he has a problem at the club uh, with a score or judging, or he doesn't agree with something, and somebody just says, "Well, we're going to bar you if you're going to argue." Yeah, no, it it was more uh, detailed. Uh, uh, we have a form that they fill out, tell them why, you know, mm -hmm. why they're doing it and stuff. And it has to be your club's going to have a meeting with this guy and, and kind of like a disciplinary committee, uh, the way UKC and, and uh, all the kennel clubs do. It's not going to be just, I got mad at Chris and right. uh, I'm club president and I'm going to tell Chris he's not coming back and I'm going to get all the other clubs to do it. So, exactly. That's yeah, what it, yeah. it's not being done at the, at the master hounds table no, that night. And no, it's like, well, if you're going to act not. like that, we're going to kick you out and I'll make sure you're barred to every club. No, no okay. We, no, it's not that way. Uh, Y'all don't mess around down here. Well, it, you know, but that's, that's exactly what we've talked about, David. If we're going to, if we're going to continue uh, to, to, be out here and do these things we make wonderful contributions to our communities we've got to tell that story but one of those things is we've got to police our own ranks we Absolutely. can't have people yeah. coming in we call it shooting holes in the boat yeah you know yeah we're all in this boat together right. we we want you here but if you're going to shoot holes in that boat yeah we'll, we'll throw you overboard like jonah it's it's much better to get rid of one person or to make them step back and reevaluate you know 
why they're doing the competition, hunting or whatever, than to punish all the other people that you pull up at a club and you say, oh, Lord, that's David. I hope I don't draw him. You know? <laughs> we, we have really worked to try to open people's eyes to mm-hmm. that. And, and that's uh, our youth program. I'm proud to say this is our going into our 30th year since we started our youth program. Uh, we're, you know, we, we give away scholarships. Uh, kids might not think that much of it, but the parents love that concept. You bet. And uh, uh, how much how much money do you think you've given away in scholarship funds? Do you have that number ballpark? Um, Twenty thousand dollars or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy. Houndsman XP is very proud of our partnership with the organization Freedom Hunters. Freedom Hunters is a nonprofit organization that takes America's veterans hunting from field to field, from the battlefield to a field near you when you volunteer your time to take America's warriors hunting with you and your hounds. It's easy. Go to houndsmanxp.com, click on the partnership tab, and it will take you to Freedom Hunters. You can go direct to their website to make donations at freedomhunters.org. Support America's heroes. Let's pay it back. Visit Freedom Hunters at freedomhunters.org or go to houndsmanxp.com and you can find them on our website from field to field. Hey, folks, while we're talking about Freedom Hunters, here's an announcement for you. If you are going to be at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas, Nevada, between January 17th and January 21st, I will be there working the booth with Freedom Hunters. Stop by, check us out, and hope to meet you at the SHOT Show. Stop by and see what we're all about. Also, wanted to give a shout-out to my friends Kevin and Nancy Hall at Dogs Are Treed. They have got some great products out there. You need to be checking out their their products made for houndsmen by houndsmen. The highest quality in the industry, I guarantee it. And the customer service is unbelievable. They have got several items that are essentials for houndsmen, starting with their tie-outs. These tie-outs are high quality. Everywhere I go, everywhere I hunt, every camp that I'm set up at, people are constantly asking me about that tie-out and how they get one. And you can get one at dogsartree.com. But you can look at their medical kits, high-quality stuff designed for houndsmen. Dogs are hydrated. Keep those hounds running when it's most important. Keep them hydrated. Dogs are hydrated. Paws are protected. It's all there, folks. And if you go to their website at dogsartreed.com and enter the code HXP 20% off at checkout, that's all capital letters, you will get 20% off of your entire order. Join us on Patreon, and we will give you an exclusive offer for deeper discounts and an opportunity to win these products in our annual drawings. Check out Dogs Are Treat at dogsartreed.com. Go there today. You'll be glad you did. You know, that, and, and people are like, oh, that's not very much money. But I can tell you, having kids that were going to college, and those kids, my kids are all done with that now, but $1,000 here, $500 here. Yeah, it you know, helps. It, it all helps. It, it helps. Every bit. And, and, and we do that scholarship program through our tags you know I, I i don't know of any other state that the coon hunters have a, a tag 
You're talking about their license? Yeah. We their have hunting our, license? No, no, no. Our vehicle tag. Oh, your vehicle yeah, tag. we have our own vehicle tag, yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And the money you generate off of that license goes plate goes into a scholarship. scholarship fund. Yeah, that is brilliant. Yeah, uh, that's we, why I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we uh, this week, uh, one of our members sent me a picture of their tag. It was 502. So we got 502 tags out there. Every time one of those tags are sold <clears throat> or renewed, uh, the state association youth fund gets $25. That's great. It, 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 yeah. Uh, and um, our tags are kind of unique. They got the palmetto tree, you know, uh-huh. our state coon dogs tree in on the tree. And they're, they're TD, you know, tree dog. No kidding. And whatever the numbers are. Uh, the first hundred, wasn't it, Roger, we sold. Yeah, we auctioned yeah. off the first, yeah. first hundred. Yeah, we had to, to raise $6,000 to start. So we auctioned off the first hundred tags and raised about seventy-five hundred dollars just on the first hundred. Wow! To start the process of, of I producing. I think the first two, the number one and number two tags sold for like a thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, that's amazing. That yeah. is a great concept. Yeah, it worked real well. And, yeah, and like I said, that's that's and it's sustainable. That, yeah, yeah, you know, even when we're gone. Yeah, I bet you've got people, you know, like. My parents who have, would buy that tag if they knew it was benefiting yeah. their oh, grandkids. Oh, yeah, we've got a lot of people. Um, we've got a lot of squirrel hunters that have that tag. A lot of tag. squirrel hunters, mm-hmm. a lot of our game wardens, a lot of our game wardens that, you know, are, uh, are involved in OS and stuff. You know, I had one of them come by my office not too long ago. He said, I just wanted you to know uh, I got one of y'all's tags on my personal truck. He said, you know, he said, I found out what your program is for. He said, man, I think that's great. Uh, let's touch on that a minute because you've got South Carolina here. Their law enforcement mm-hmm. association is set up here. How important is that relationship for you and South Carolina and think coon hunters in South Carolina? I think it's very important. Uh, we how have, does it pay? How does it pay you back? Um, how do you how do you benefit from it? Okay. I should say. I mean, the DNR's lawyers. Uh, I have their cell phone numbers. Mm-hmm. If we have a question about a law. Or if we have something that we would like to introduce to try to get something to change, I take it to them and ask them what they think about it uh, before I even talk to one of the House or Senate members. Mm-hmm. And, and they help me to go through it. You know, when you get into the legal aspects of stuff, all of the words and everything, you know, the way it's got to be written a particular way and stuff. Us country boys need help with stuff like that. <laughs> it's not like it's not as simple. Everybody's an internet lawyer. That's but, right. That's but right. Getting this stuff done. How did you get to that level, David? I mean, it doesn't just happen because you walk up and say, no, "Hey, I'm it's, David." It McKee. started. Um, I, I've been president of the state association for um, twenty nine years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it when I was elected president. Uh, one of our House of Representatives back then was a, an avid coon hunter. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, you need to start looking at the law side. He said, because our sport is just like every other sport. More and more people are going to be challenging what we do, how we do things. He said, and you need to have people lined up when that happens. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, you know, 
thirty something years ago, I you know, I was like, Man, I don't you know, I just want to go hunt. Right. You know? But I had to get involved with it. And uh I I've gotten a great relationship with uh our DNR, mm-hmm. uh, House members, Senate members, um, you know, if I need to call one of them or whatever. You know, it, it's a very good working relationship. And when they have a bill come through that concerns, I get a copy of every one of them. I mean, they, they their committee sent them straight to me and asked me, what do y'all think about this? Yeah. And, and when they send one, you know, I forward it to Roger and, and uh, Laird and all the other guys and stuff. We get together and, and discuss it, and, um, and, and we send it back to them. Um, had one come through a few years ago. It was dealing with these little carnivals, um, mm-hmm. giving away pets, and uh, you know, like the rabbits and the chicks and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you well, know, they sent it to me, and I was looking at it, and I don't really see nothing here. But I read it the second time, and then the third time I read it, I'm like, wait a minute. If this passes, we can't have a live treeing contest. Right. So I called the, the DNR lawyers and, and, uh, and talked to Mr. Mabry, and uh, he was like, we didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. He said, that's why we send this stuff to y'all, to let y'all look at it. So. It's it's been a very successful relationship on both sides for us, and um, I I'm proud uh, of that relationship. That the they put on a legislative dinner every year. The DNR does, mm-hmm. and uh, we're invited. Yeah, and we're a part of it. So yeah, uh, and you're gonna have you're gonna have the the director of the DNR yes, here. He's gonna be here. Event. He's never been to the Grand American. He's new. This is his. Fourth year, I think, is director, uh, and he came from the fishery side. So, mm-hmm. uh, our past director was uh, from from law enforcement side. I knew him when he was the colonel, and when he moved up to director. Matter of fact, Chris, he is uh, he's still one of the ones uh, that's on the uh, devotional list. And uh, whenever he retired from the DNR, it probably was a month, and uh, he called me. He said, "You know what?" He said, I just realized I hadn't been getting the devotional because you're still sending them to my old email address. He said, i got to give you a new one. So, <laughs> so yeah. uh, but one of, the, one of the House members I was talking to this week uh, uh, about a bill con, uh, concerning some lease laws, and he said, well, he said, I'll go meet with the, uh, with the colonel and, and the lawyers, and uh, he said, uh, and then I'll call you back. And fortunately, I got off my tractor to open a gate, and I heard my phone ringing, and I looked, and uh, it was Representative Hickson. So I answered the phone. He said, you, you got a few minutes? He said, I got the colonel and the lieutenant colonel in here. Let's go over this, what we're, what your concerns are. Wow. So we, yeah. we, we talked about it, and during that course of that conversation, he said, uh, so I said something about the, the, the director, and he was like, yeah. He said, um, I, I told him earlier about the Grand American. He said he wanted to come. So Good. He said, so I'm bringing him down there Saturday. So, but how did how did you establish? There's, there, there's 49 other states out there, that, and several of those states have uh, uh, hound hunting organizations yeah. the, that don't have that same kind of connection 
with the policymakers, yeah. rule makers, things. You, How did you, you do that? You've David? got to, you've just got to go out and first take the time to find out who they are, mm-hmm. and go call, you know, and, and talk to them, go sit down with them, uh, and. Just let them know how you feel. You know, talk to them. One thing that Larry Coon, the, the House member when I was first elected, told me, he said, you know, he said, I got 15,000 people that I represent. Mm-hmm. He said, if 10 people call me about something, he said, I, I need to see what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. He said, if 25 or more call me about something, I better not uh, vote against them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Larry. Out of all those people, he said, most people don't get involved. Right. He said, but they will vote. He said, uh, so you got to listen to your constituents. And and that's what we've done is we've breached that there where all of our members in the House and Senate, they know that when we're asking for something uh, that our members are supporting. Mm-hmm. That they better at least listen to us and explain to us. When we tried to get a year, a year-round run season, we had one senator said no, and, and I called him, and uh, he was you know, not my senator, but I called him and uh, he said, "Well, he said, you know, I really don't think I've got a whole lot of coon hunters in my area," and I said, uh, "By Thursday, you will know you have coon hunters in your area." He called me on Tuesday. He said, will you please tell these people to quit calling me? I will take my name off of that block. <laughs> you, that's what you have to do. Yeah. You know, they listen yeah. to voters. Uh, so you've got to get them involved. My representative told me, he told he told uh, us collectively as a group there in Indiana, he said, I had him come in and talk. He goes, you know, he goes, when it comes to getting things done, <clears throat> It's not nearly as important that you know my name. It's more important that I know your name. Absolutely. And absolutely. When when I, you w- come walk through a, a local store and your representative recognizes mm-hmm. you and says, "Hey, Chris, how's it going?" And you, it, yeah, you don't have to talk business here, but That's he right. knows who you are. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, when I call <clears throat> Senator Cromer's office, his secretary says, "Oh, hey, Mr. David." I'll see if he can talk to you right now. Yeah. Because I've talked to him so much, she knows who I am. Right. And, and uh, if you're not there, you're going to get put on hold. Off. Well, I'll have him return your call. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you got to call yeah. back the next day. And, and, gotta, and, and then you got to go to the office. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, you can email them, all of them, but don't think they see all those emails. Right. Their secretaries look at them. But if you have 100 coon hunters email one senator, Mm-hmm. And then they're going to get your attention. But phone calls, call them and speak to them is 100% more important than that email. And what about what about going to their office? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, they pick at me at, at, when I do go down there because I'm usually in my overalls. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, look, that's just me, you know. I right. mean, I, 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 but, yeah, I, I've had a couple of the senators uh, pick at me about wearing myself. Now, when I meet with the governor, I don't wear overalls, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. But uh, if I go down to meet one of the senators or, or the representatives, because we, we have such a good relationship and stuff, you know, if we go out to eat or something, I'm going to dress like me. You know? Right. I mean, I'm just just an old country boy that loves this sport, uh, and I, I want my grandkids to be able to enjoy it. 
and I, you know, I guess I was just willing to step up and uh, say, we got to do something, and it's got to start with somewhere. So, I, yeah, I was willing to take that step. Roger, what what's your opinion? Where would South Carolina be uh, right now without a guy like David McKee that's been willing to get involved and? We wouldn't be having the hunts and stuff that we have. To, like Dave was saying, the uh, hunting laws and stuff that we've gotten stopped that would affect the coon hunters and whatnot, we probably wouldn't be able to run dogs in this state right now if it wasn't for David. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that even goes for the people that run run deer with dogs. I mean, right. Uh, a lot of people want to get rid of They think it's cruel, you know, to run an animal with a dog. But... <clears throat> None of if whether it's a squirrel, deer, or a coon, you you know, dogs are not actually touching the the uh, they're putting them in a tree or they just chasing them till they get tired of chasing them. But right, I don't think personally, I don't think we'd be able to hunt with dogs. Period. Yeah. If it wasn't for David and a couple others, so I do appreciate that from him. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I do appreciate that and and. Uh, that couple of others is very important because it's just not, you know, it's, it's a group effort. Uh, like I said, I got a great staff with the Grand American and with the State Association as well. I, I, I'm not going to take credit for um, what those guys and girls do. Well, that's it, good it's, leadership, it's David. A great, it's a great that's, group. That's good leadership. You know, uh, there's an old, there's a, an old leadership concept that, um, uh, says when the work is all done the leader can walk among the people and say and they will say i did we did it ourselves yeah you know you give people the empowerment the feeling of investment personal investment and ownership of issues as a leader and they feel like they're they are accomplishing great things and then you can get stuff done Mm -hmm. i've seen so many organizations where one guy sits at the top and wants to have all the control and all the glory and all the attention, and those organizations never succeed. They fail. Yep. They fail. Yeah. No, it's you know it, it's a group. Right. And one thing that I think I've been very blessed with is finding people uh, who had the same beliefs and, and the same philosophy mm-hmm. that that I've had. And we've shared it and grew it and and, and worked uh, to spread it to other people. And, and that's why with our, our youth program, um, we stress sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give bigger awards for sportsmanship. We give bigger trophies for sportsmanship than we do for the hunt aspect of mm-hmm. it. And, uh, we, you know, these kids are our future, but we don't want these kids growing up saying okay you know i i it's not an everyday trophy world you know everything you do you don't get a trophy for uh the first year we did the event i'll I'll never forget uh, we had trophies we had like 40 kids the first time Mm -hmm. and we had trophies for every kid when they come back in that night my son was one of them um he got beat on his cast by a quarter he was 11. Called him up, you know, giving the trophies, and uh, he said, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't get a trophy. I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that's that. 
what we want them to see is, you know, everybody's not a winner. That's life. That's being raised on a farm right yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> We've said it before, the farther away if you, you get from the farm, the heart, you know, more people lose touch with reality. And, yeah. and, uh, um, so to wrap it up, I know you got, you've got tons of stuff to do, David, and you've been gracious with your time and uh, that we've just, we've just scratched the surface here, but, uh, for for people that might be hesitant to get involved and you know maybe they're sitting out there and they're thinking yeah we need to do something when when a when a person leads properly it's a very rewarding thing when you see your team accomplish great things and you touched on that you know what encouragement would you give people that may not even realize they have something to offer, but but they're thinking, man, I ought to get involved. Uh, start at your local. Start at your local. Go join your local club. Mm-hmm. Uh, be active in it. Help with it. And, and if you have a desire for, for our state, if you have a desire to go further, then come to the state association meetings mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and, and like Roger said a while ago, there, there's so much – on the legislative side that goes on that even most of our members don't know about because we stop it before it ever gets that far. Right, right. Uh, because of that relationship we have with our Senate and, uh, and House members and with our DNR. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you got to get involved at the local level. Uh, and if your club is not involved and you want to be involved, like I said, go to your state associations because our state association, the way we look at it, if you got a county ordinance, uh, you need to handle that. Right. We, we we will assist you if we can, but we don't need to come and, and talk to your county representatives and stuff because we're not from that area. They don't know you. That's right. They don't know us. Right. But when we go to the state house, they know us. Right. And, and that's where we concentrate on. Mm-hmm. So if and you that's want, one of the things that we we get. Um, we get blindsided with is these local ordinances yeah. and things. That's what's going to do us yeah. in. And that's what we, this, when I was talking about talking with the colonel and the lieutenant colonel, uh, it was a local ordinance that was a change in uh, uh, an at-large law for hounds at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always the exemption that hunting dogs are exempt. Right. The way this one was written, uh, when, when the uh, local club sent it to me, and I read it, and I said, you know, this, this is in violation of Title 50, which right. is the state law. Right. So that's when I called the lawyers and get them to look at it. And I'm like, yeah, we need to contact them at the county level because, yeah, they cannot supersede the state law, and, and this is in violation. Right, right. So. Well, David, I know you guys are busy. I appreci- Like I said, I appreciate your time. We just scratched the surface here. But uh, thanks for sitting down with us. I'm glad I think to. you – I'd like to talk to you again when we're not so busy <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, have you have you on again to talk about more of these types of things. I'd be glad Because I, I get calls, I get messages, I get emails. How do I start an association? How do I get involved? How do we handle this issue? What do we do here? You know, so people are hungry for this information. Yeah, they, they need to be. And, and they're starting to see the urgency that they need to be involved right now arizona's looking at a, a proposal to uh stop hunting bobcats lion, mountain lions and bears mm-hmm. you know and 
houndsmen are great at being reactive. Yeah. But we don't win being reactive. No, you've no. got to be proactive. You cannot build um, those relationships in the next 48 hours no. and be effective and influence people no. that are going to affect your lifestyle. No, and, and you can't always, like you said, you know, when I told that senator he would know he had Kuna, man, that was a reactive action there mm-hmm. because we had to make a point. Right. But if we could have handled that before it got there, you know, and now with the relationship that we have with all, I think we can. Sure. Um, but at that point, you know, I mean, this country boy was going to make a point and, and we did. <laughs> he, <laughs> you keep cornering yourself a country boy, but you, you you might wear bib overalls and look like, but you're pretty sharp, David. You're pretty <laughs> well, sharp. I appreciate that. And I, I don't, I, I don't want anybody out there to be discouraged. You don't have to be an attorney. You don't no, have to be. not. Everybody's got a first day on the job, yeah. and it's all stuff that can be learned. And it, but it takes people getting involved yeah. to make that's, that. Difference. That's the first step. Yep. Uh, yep. And like I said, that's what worries me so much about the local level is the, you know, people need to go back to their clubs. Right. Roger, you got a thought? Yeah, you just got to be uh, dedicated and have have a lot of time. I mean, you put forth the effort, it'll get it'll get there. Mm-hmm. But you got to be willing to do it. Follow through. Stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I appreciate your time. Great event. And uh, hope you have a great day without any any more pro- major problems. Anyway, yeah. there's going to be problems. Always. But there's yeah. little bumps in the road. That's right. Always. It's not a problem unless we can't fix it. David, I've always appreciated your friendship. I knew when Too I met good. you, you were a man of integrity. And uh, I've always valued that. I so. appreciate it. I appreciate your friendship. And, Roger, it's good to see you again. You too. And, uh, guys, until next time, you follow your hands, I'll follow mine. All right. All right.